Welcome back to Bear With Me. The Boston Bruins are now 45-8-5, and, and that means they're obviously the best team in hockey. Goalie goal. Goalie goal. They scored a goalie goal. I'm Joey Capone. This is Rob Tachi. Rob, how you doing, buddy? Goalie goal. I'm fucking great. That was a very fun game to watch. Uh, really, at the end, I got really excited. I was with a group of people that don't necessarily all understand or follow hockey. So I felt like I was just like giving a sermon as the game was going on. I'm like, please hit me with your questions. You've I feel a miracle. Good. Yes. How are you, Joseph? I'm doing great, dude. Uh, we talked a little bit at the end of last episode when we were going to record our next one. And we said like, ah, well, we'll see if the Canucks game is worth talking about. Then we'll do it. It was. It was. So it we're was here. Wor- it was worth talking about. It's worth talking about. And that's for sure. Uh, this was, this was a good game outside of the goalie goal, I think, but that like Mm -hmm. really cemented that we had to sit down and discuss this game. What, what a game. I, let me tell you, we have said this a few times that they are not going to lose on this road trip. I'm willing to double, triple, quadruple down on it now after that. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. You don't come off of a goalie goal game and lose. You just don't. I, before I was like, yeah, maybe the Oilers. The Oilers just lost to the Columbus Blue Jackets, so it happens. What's uh, who's to say? Who's to say who can beat whom anymore? Uh, I know. I, I, I equally feel as confident that they they could take every single one of these points available to them in this road yeah. trip. And this was also the first Orlov and Hathaway game. Yes, so that also felt like it was worth talking about. Let's just start there. We'll get to the goalie goal. We'll get to all the stuff from the game and whatever. But we got to kind of lead into this thing a little bit. That's probably where where we should start. I think like the the, the first thing that I saw about them since we last recorded was jersey numbers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Let's start there. So Hathaway taking twenty one. That makes sense. I like that. Was that his number before? I don't know. Uh, I did see somebody joke of like I really I thought they retired that after Louis Erickson, Lou, Louis and uh, and our good friend Nick Ritchie. Oh, I'm like I completely forgot Nick Ritchie took that number. To me, it's sure just Louis, it's still Louis Erickson. <laughs> it's it also was... Barry Peterson. Yeah, that's you told me that too. That's kind of surprising. I forget that Barry. Yeah, was I sent you a, a whole list player. of guys. I, I forget. I forget them now. Yeah, there's um, a lot of history on 21. There is. And then Orlov going from number nine, which like uh, most original six teams, you probably can't fuck with the single digit numbers all that often. Um, Unless they want to unretire it for Busick. I'm pretty sure nobody in Bruins history is worn number three. That's interesting. But it also is is there a superstition thing there? I mean, can you think of any hockey player who wears number three? I really can't. That even when you said three, I'm like, ew, three. Yeah, who the hell wears three? It's not even a number. Can you imagine like a backup goalie wearing three? And Ugh. honestly, if anybody was gonna wear number three, it probably would be a backup goalie. Oh, just um gross. But so he goes from number nine to number eighty-one, uh, mm-hmm. which I think is a little odd. I'm sure he has his reasons. But when I hear eighty one, I think I think Phil Kessel, I think Anton yeah. Bleed. And I really just think of like when you bring up like a 19 year old that hasn't really gotten their number yet. Like didn't Lucic wore like 80 or 90 something in his first few games and Frederick yeah, wore like 81, 82 in his first game. 
81 has some prestige to it, I'd argue. I think that that, like, a 81 sounds like a, a top right winger. Yeah, not a defenseman. Certainly not a defenseman. I'm going to go on a limb here and say if he was wearing nine before, came here where you can't wear nine. Oh, it's Don't nine know if you know that. It's nine times nine. It's nine times nine. I was also thinking it's like eight and one. We're it's both like eight, right. Eight plus one. We're both correct. Do you think Do you think Dmitry Orlov is a bigger fan of addition or squaring numbers? I swear to God, I will ask him this. I will be like, if nobody <laughs> else is asking, be like, all right, we have two theories as to where eighty one came from, and he's gonna be like, it was another number I wore, and I'm be like, all right. Did Thanks. we talk about Thanks, speaking D. of number nine? Did we talk about Johnny Busick and Milan Lucic on this show, or did you just send me that? I just sent that to you. That's a great story. That's a great story. Wait, did we? You might have talked about that. I think I you hinted now. at it. I think you hinted at it on air, and then you sent me the full thing. Yeah, yeah okay. The fact that's... He thought he thought yes. Johnny was just like a the the laundry guy. The laundry guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was yeah, like yeah. Lucic's about it on Players here. Tribune article. It's like when he first came in. He was really said he was really naive, and then like he just thought this guy Johnny was really nice, and he brought him up in the locker room. They're like, "Yeah, that Johnny guy's really nice," and they're like, "Who?" It's like Johnny, that guy. I don't know like, his Do last you mean, name. They're like, "Do you mean Johnny Busick?" He's like, "Who?" And they're like, just showed him a picture on the wall. It says him ho- like hoisting the cup. Like it's like the leading goal scorer in Bruins history, Johnny Busick, chief, chief, yeah, his, the chief. Yeah, his numbers up there, dude. Yeah, he also was talking about how that was the first time he met Chara, that he was trying mm-hmm. to avoid him because he was intimidated by him, but like Chara well, like sure. made a beeline for him. <laughs> and he was like, he shook his hand and his hand was like in, in itself intimidating. Like the grip was insane. And like, think this is coming from like six foot four, six foot five, 220, Milan Lucic, the ogre of the NHL. <laughs> and he was intimidated by the size and strength of Chara, as we all are. The hunchback of British Columbia. There it is. I like that. He probably wouldn't, but I like that. He probably would. It's probably probably getting worse. Yeah, I don't know. I, I sent you that fight that he got in the other day with, uh, oh, God, another heavyweight guy. Oh, the, yeah, I watched it. The first thing I did when I woke up this morning was watch that fight. Yeah. And, man, the, the back is getting tough. Milan is going to have a Well, water. the fight was funny because he was kind of getting worked a bit, and then he got one clean punch out and just dropped the guy. Like, he just yeah. collapsed. Like so, he yeah, still got it. He still yeah. throws him, dude. So Orlov and Hathaway. But anyway, Orlov's wearing eighty-one, and and Hathaway's wearing twenty-one. Uh, so they did get in, and uh, in their yeah. place, we so Clifton got taken out. I was kind of surprised by that. As was I. I, I would think it would be Grizz. Is it a handedness thing? I don't know. Might be a handedness thing. Um, Same. And also, I don't. I mean, it's not permanent. It's just like no, no. Okay. They're they're yeah. trying shit out. Maybe yeah. he was just tired. I don't know. It could have been anything. Could yeah, uh, have been and a then rest day. For Hathaway, they took out Greer, which, like, yeah, that's probably the first guy out. That makes sense. I mean, Hathaway, from the little that I know about his play style, is kind of a better Greer. Yeah, he's right? Greer's probably more physical than Greer in yeah. both fighting and hitting, and then has a better scoring touch than Greer does. Yeah. So, so you basically upgraded Greer. Which is a shame, because I do like career a lot as a player but if we are going to upgrade them then yeah you got to keep in the upgrade that's yeah how this works i mean a- any potential shuffling where greer <laughs> greer Noshik hathaway is your fourth line it's pretty sick you're doing all right yeah you're and also right. yeah Tom- tomas Nosek back in the lineup Noshik's back yeah we should yeah, i was so fucking excited dude i i 
And I think he had a really good game. I really do. I think he had a really great game. He was 90% at the faceoff dot. He went 9-1. and one, Dude, which, he, like, it felt yeah, like it, too. Right. I didn't look at the numbers, but I was just about to say, I feel like he won every faceoff that I saw. Yeah, he hit 11-21 time on ice in like a minute and change shorthanded, which like there wasn't a ton of shorthandedness going on for Boston. I think Bergeron mm-hmm. led the team with like 2-something, two 220. Mm-hmm. Um, but even just like he had a few really good clears, like a few good, like 360, like 180 spin moves to clear the puck and like very clean. Like he had a shot on goal in the first eight seconds. He had like a nice backhand later in the game. Like he looked like he didn't miss a step, yeah. which could be a testament to the fact that they waited until he was like more than ready to return to actually slot him back into the lineup instead of the old, I'm probably good enough to play tonight, but I would have to take the next game off. And they're like, we don't. We don't do that here. Like when you're yeah. ready to stay, we'll bring you back. It's a testament to that mentality, dude, because how often do you see guys come back and look a little slower, look a step off, especially with like a leg or a foot injury, just not be up to speed and be up to snuff and like getting into the corners or, or holding out a little bit. And like, you just didn't see that. So, yeah, I mean, think of the guys that that's happened with this year where you, so you get no to come back with a great game. Jake came back three goals and now first four games. Uh, Marcia, when he came back against the Red Wings, he had like a three point night or something like mm-hmm. that. Like, yeah, it, it's been like all season long. It's like whenever the guys come back from extended injury, they're like itching. They're they're ready. They're good. And I think they're part fine. of that is that you're sitting and watching the team win and win and win and win, and you're like, I want to be out there. It's the meme of Squidward watching SpongeBob and Patrick running outside his window. That's all it yeah. is. It's it's him on the ninth floor just watching. And that yeah, you get out there. Of course, you're gonna like you're going to want to earn your spot back, especially if you are a, a bottom of the lineup guy. Not that no chicks like no, he's a fourth liner, but like yeah. that's where he, that's it's not, he's on the fourth line. Cause he's not good. He's at the fourth line. Cause that's where his place is the team. Cause it's the, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> also too. just how deep the, yeah. Look, the look at the three centers above him. It's Patrice Bergeron, David Krejci and Charlie Coyle. Like, okay. Like those are top two centers on any team for the most. Dude, part. I was just looking at the Coyle trade the other day. Just because the coil trade was it Donato it was a fleece. It was Donato in the third. I think. <laughs> it was like nothing. Oh my goodness! Obligatory. Some... You were not thrilled about it. Calling you out. I know you have grown past oh that. Oh my god! Dude. I'm never not going to bring it up, dude. I just can't not. Like it would be a disservice to everybody if I did not. I'll move past it. You know what? It just just to to contrast that, with, like <laughs> in order to acquire Rick Nash in eighteen, do you know what the Bruins gave up? I'm afraid. What I forget. They gave up a first, Ugh. a seventh, uh, no. and then Ryan Spooner, Matt Bolesky, Ryan Lindgren for Rick Nash. Yeah, it, all for it. simply Rick Nash. Big Dick Rick. Wow, that's a shame. He was not that impactful with Boston. No, I mean, I Rick Nash was one of my favorite players as a kid, and it's always weird to see like that kind of guy come here. And it's like ah, you're not you're not Rick Nash anymore, but that's okay. It's kind of how I feel about Felino, but like, or not yeah. not anymore, not anymore. Oh sure. But like at the time, I was like, we're getting goal scorer Nick Felino. We're getting face of the Columbus Blue Jackets Nick mm-hmm. Felino. And uh, I mean, mm-hmm. last year was tough. We can all say that now. Yeah, I think this year is more than making up for it. Yeah. Um, more than making up for it. But yeah. It's just a new player, though. It's just certainly not. Oh, yeah. No, he, he's reborn. Like, this is insane. Like, 
Yeah. Um, a lot of people are comparing the Patrick Kane scenario right now to like the Rick Nash scenario, like 11 years ago. And I'm like, it's weird to mm-hmm. think back then that Rick Nash was that highly valued. Remember Dude. when? Do you remember then? I remember then. I, w- I wore uh, I wore 61 one season. That's pretty nice. For, for Rick Nash, yeah. Yeah, well, because I, I was an oversized left winger. Kind of loved it. Ah, kind of loved him. Just, um, the same player. Ever, I'm, people I'm the exact the, same People player. have made the comparison. Remember the first time we talked about you playing hockey, like when we first met? You're like, yeah, like I like to set up in Gretzky's office a lot. Yeah, I did. <laughs> you know, I think... Listen, when you play with chumps and you're the best player on the ice, you can do that stuff. Now, my me and my dad have agreed. There's there's one NHLer who like I definitely like play the mo- or played the most like. And it feels weird to do this because it feels like I'm saying like I'm as good as this guy, and that's like obviously not what I'm saying. If you say Bergeron, no, there's one player whose game I absolutely like. I played the exact same way, and it's not a good player. I mean he. He's very good, but it's like not the guy you model your game after. Phil Kessel. It's Evgeny Malkin. That is a dangerous person to be emulating. That's a lot yeah. of stick infractions. That's a lot of cheap hits. It's a lot of not back scoring. It's a lot of not back checking. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, what do you mean? Yeah, that's a lot of just coast and dip controller disconnected. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'm sure people are really tuning in to hear about my Pee-wee days. Uh I played baseball a lot like a young Nomar. <laughs> I wore five every se- five or thirty three every season for Nomar Veritek. The two best shortstops in Red Sox history. Absolutely. Um, I want to talk about jerseys. Oh yes. Okay. I, I have These Vancouver jerseys. Now this is just their alternate, right? This is not their reverse retro. No, no one's wearing retros anymore for the rest of the year. For the rest Seattle, of ever. When we played Seattle, when they wore theirs, that was the last time this season any team in the NHL was wearing the reverse retro jerseys. Any season. Well, sure. Well, I mean, I'm telling you, I don't know if you know that, that Adidas is not renewing. Yeah, no, they're not coming back. Yeah, Yeah, they're not. So it's the last time period. So the reverse retros as a brand, done, over with. I'm so fucking sad to lose the Blue Bears, dude. We got no warning. Yeah, people were like, yeah, it ended last year. I'm like, what are you talking about? There, wait, nobody told me. Like, this wasn't just like publicly available. I, I mean, everybody loved the jerseys, tweet. and they wore them for nine games. Yeah, and they look so good. They look great. Can you hear that car alarm going off? No. All right, never mind. I'll I'll just, I'll just deal with that. Uh, that's crazy, dude. The end of the reverse retro era. Yeah, that makes me sad. Uh, yeah, but what about but the these jerseys? jerseys? These these Vancouver jerseys. Let me you look, let's talk you look about. Like you have dismay in your face. I do. Here's the here's the wow. Thing. Really? Here's the thing. Oh wow! I like the jerseys and I like the colorway. I've always liked the colorway. I really like their old, um, like just the giant V shoulder to shoulder with like the eh. the, the tricolor. I've thought because that doesn't even look like a hockey jersey. It looks terrible. I love it. it looks like nothing. Uh, I recognize that it's not good, but I like it. You know what I mean? It's like it's like the Ducks old green alternates that had like the actual Mighty Duck playing hockey also wearing a jersey. Like their jersey had a jersey on it. That's a fun one. Like, yeah. It's like I recognize it's not good, but do I like it? Yes. And that's how I, I feel about that whole brand of, of Canucks jerseys. I do like this one the best, but here's my here's my thing with it. Yeah, Maybe this with is it? Where are you stupid. going with this? When you look that different, 
it just doesn't feel like the same team anymore. Like looking at that game, I didn't feel like they were playing the Canucks. Okay. It's like I forgot the team's identity for a little bit. Like I when think they would that's be like purposeful. When they were like uh, like Elias Pettersson coming up the the wing, I'm like Pettersson. Yeah, no, this is the Canucks. He plays like for I have Vancouver. To readjust. Yeah, like I have to say in my head, like oh, they should be wearing these other colors. Because I don't know that maybe that's so dumb, and other people can adjust to that. But like, no, I mean, I can see where you're coming from. I disagree, but I, I know what you mean. I just think they're gorgeous. I love those. They're good. Uniforms. They're good. Like like all of it. The jersey, like the black, the gold. I think it looks great. I feel the same way when uh, the Canes wear the Whalers jerseys. Or I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm like, those are sick. Love those. Hey, Canes have good jerseys. They, I don't like their main logo. Honestly, I don't like the the. I wish the color of their main home, like the regular one, was a little darker. Like their the, uh, their the alternates, their thirds are awesome. With awesome, like the, the flag, the flags, yeah, so good, so good. Like one of the best. I do still believe that the old Minnesota Minnesota Wild third jerseys were the cleanest, best jerseys I've ever seen in the NHL. Which ones? The one where it's just like cursive, like Minnesota across the oh, front. Oh, yeah, I like that. So nice. Just like so classy. I don't know. Beautiful. The thing is, with when with Minnesota, like you have the freedom to make classics just because it's Minnesota. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you, they fucking... you can honor the state of hockey by just the Canada of the U.S. Yes. People I like I like it. that jersey a lot as well. And these are good jerseys. Don't get me wrong. I just don't feel like they just don't look like the fucking Canucks. Is that? No, I, get it. I don't know. I think right. they also want to forget they're the Canucks sometimes. You know who uh, doesn't forget that they're the Canucks? That's fair. For you the Hathaway and Orlov thing, I want to say so. Hathaway, yep. uh, neither of them really showed up on the score sheet, which I, I was kind of hoping for like a really emphatic standout moment. Which I guess now I would really, if they don't have one in the next two games, I'm mostly wanting to see them do that at the Garden because I think that would just be yeah. amazing. But Hathaway had 1140 time on ice. He had two hits and a giveaway. And the giveaway was like with like four minutes to go when the game was 2 yeah. 1 right next to the net. And it led to a scoring chance. So I was like, ah, okay. But for the yeah. most part, I thought he looked good. Like he had a he had good giddy up, had a few good mm-hmm. like quick ups, like quick passes, like one touch passes. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, it's only been one game, but I liked what I saw. And then Orlov played just over 20 minutes, was a minus one. It was the only guy in the team who was a minus one. And it was because mm-hmm. he kind of, it wasn't his fault, but it was like right before Vancouver's goal, he did that like one arm poke check around a player around the boards and hit it so mm-hmm. hard that it passed the Bruin on the boards and went to Vancouver and they passed mm-hmm. in front of the net for a goal. Uh, but he also had a shot, a block shot and two hits as well. So not a terrible debut by any means for either of them. No, but again, and the you, thing, the thing with Orlov too is like, I he didn't stand out in any way like that's which is I think a good thing as a defenseman on a new team it's like yeah, if absolutely. you're if you're bringing over some some other systems inner workings like it, it's easy to stand out I think and if you just play the game differently uh, or if you're still you know adapting and you've had zero time to get to know the play style here I think that's like the only thing that I was really looking for with Orlov I was pretty glued to Hathaway though yeah so it was because like, I was expecting him to start some shit like yeah. I kind of wanted it to be on it, and I whenever Orlov was on the ice, I made a point to keep my eye on him. But mm-hmm. like it, it didn't, it didn't stick out. I was searching him out. Mm-hmm. So this like, which is started... only because I knew it was his first game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
this game started pretty even. Dude, I'll say the first like six, seven minutes or so. Did it? I feel like it was like all Boston in the first. Uh, like, by the end of the first, of the first I, like the second half of the first, they took over and it was, Ex- I think shots ended like 20 to eight or something crazy yeah. after the first, but they were pretty neck and neck. Like it was kind of end to end early on. See, okay. So when I watched this game, I alluded to it before I was, <laughs> I was at a, a party because I party hard. I know it. I, uh, my name is Todd and I like to party. Uh, and Rod, I'm so sorry. That's embarrassing. Who the fuck is Todd? It's hot rod. It was a hot rod quote. Never sneak up on a man who's been in a chemical fire. Is it because your name is Rob Todd? Did you get like caught up in your own name a little bit there? Moving on. Uh, so I was at a party and it, it was like six thirty, and I went to the host. I'm like, "You're gonna hate me, but like, I need to get going. Like, I need to watch the game tonight." Which, first of all, being in a position where I get to say that and it's true is a dream come true for me. It really before, it feels good too. Because before it was like, "I'm gonna leave because I really want to watch the game," mm-hmm. and now it's like, "I need to watch the game." It's it's my second job. For work, got to do. Oh, you work. know, it's the grind. Ugh. Uh, and he was like, "Well, why don't we just put it on here?" And I was like, well, I didn't want to be like, hey, can I bogart your living room to like watch a hockey game in the middle of this like shindig? He was like, I don't give a shit. Let's do it. Like, I don't want you to leave. I was like, okay, that's awesome. awesome. Right. Yeah. No, it was super accommodating. So we did that. And then, uh, so, you know, people were hanging around. Um, and it, there was like maybe two or three other people there who like knew hockey and like follow the Bruins. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, including the host, they like don't know hockey at all. Like, I was, I was answering like a few like early on getting into hockey questions. Like when the goalie got mm-hmm. pulled, they're like, why don't they have a goaltender? Is it for a power attack? And I was like, yeah, yes. Like that's, yeah, that is exactly it. I you, like you, a power attack. Right. I was like, Ooh. is that what they said? Yeah. They, word for word. They were like, Bro. they do it for a power attack. And I'm like, I am <laughs> is, taking that. Like, is that like, what we're calling a pulled goalie now? Yeah. They're, they're, they're going, going on power the attack. power attack. A hundred percent. I think we, we got to give him some residuals. <laughs> I love that. Um, I don't even remember why I brought this up to begin with, but but yeah, that, that was my experience watching the game. Oh yeah, so it was yeah. when you talked about like, the first few minutes of the game. Right. I was watching it, but it was not like me alone in my living room with notes out. It was like with people talking to people around me, and I was watching, but like it wasn't as intense as it normally. So would did be. you did you notice the coil helmet thing? Where you? Oh no, I did not. What, what okay, happened? this is so stupid. They got the rules <laughs> are obnoxious. So, you know, they changed the rules. The Tory Krug rule mm-hmm. is that you lose your helmet. You got to either go to the bench or you got to put your helmet back on, which like, okay, I don't know. It's like, it, I get it. I let get him it, play. But also let them play. But also, <laughs> it's like not defined enough. So Coyle goes into the corner boards, loses his bucket, and it kind of gets swiped away from him. And he finishes battling along the boards. And I'm like, Coyle's going to get a penalty. Like, you got to you gotta stop what you're doing. And the ref kind of says something to him. You can see that he kind of, like, stops and has to disengage. And I'm like, all right, Charlie, get off the ice. Get off the ice. Get off the ice. And rather than getting off the ice, he skates across the ice, picks up his helmet, takes a glove off, like, picks it up, undoes the strap, has to, like, is just standing still in the middle of the ice. Oh my god! No, I did see that. Like, yeah, I caught the end of it. I was like, "What is happening? Like, why?" Yeah, he's like, "Give me a sec. <laughs> I'm sure. I need a moment. Hold on, time out." And and like has to undo the strap, 
Like, put it on, put his glove back on, and then, like, set up in the slot. It's like, this is a dumbass rule that this is okay. Like, the whole thing is, like, don't be on the ice with your helmet off. It shouldn't be like, yeah, no, you can, like, take your time, put your helmet back on. Also, I'm sure that's not, like, the correct thing to do. I'm sure that, like, there was probably a conversation of, like, get off the ice next time. What are you doing? Yeah, they're like, let someone else get out there and do something that isn't putting on equipment. It also is a testament to, like, how good the Bruins are that he's like, I'm sure we'll maintain possession. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, that, that's something you do in a Bruins versus Vancouver game. We're like, look, <laughs> I, this, we are not in, we're not worried. This is fine. Like, It'll be we fine. Go shorthanded for 10 to 15 seconds. I think we all know we're going to be good. Um, when, the, when the game started, my buddy, the host, he was like, they look like, talking about the Bruins, he's like, they look like sharks out there. They're swarming. And I wanted to be like, no, that's another team. But... <laughs> But yes, wow, yeah, that was like my impression. Jose like, Sharks out there. It was like the first couple of shifts. I was like, "Oh boy, this is going to get ugly." I thought this game was going to end like six to nothing. Yeah, I mean, for, for a bit, it was on pace too. It kind uh, of felt like it, though, dude. I'll say this before we get to the end of the game: it didn't feel like two to one. Oh God, near no, the end, not at I all. didn't. I didn't feel worried at all. And yeah, it was apparently uh, Linus Hallmark to just like go and take that shot in a one goal game. It's so funny. I, oh, we got to we got to save that. We'll get to it. We got to save that. Hampus. Hampus. So like, the power play is cooking again. Um, that's just like a, you know, classic Boston defenseman one timer from the blue line would drop below the blocker. Not really sure that Vancouver's goalie really had an eye on it. Um, how do you pronounce I mean, that? I didn't have an eye on it, dude. Uh, like Zero. even watching it back it's it's tough to see that was a rip i would love to see uh, a radar reading on that i think like they're doing that like a quarter of the time what the the speed or the yeah. actual yeah i would like to see uh a read on that one because that i didn't see it i feel like the camera barely picked it up i don't think it was that fast because it, it, it had really? some arc it had some arc to it it like dropped, like it 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 sank down, like under really? the blocker. Yeah. Maybe I didn't I didn't catch a good angle of the replay. Oh, we're in a six game win streak. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even notice. <laughs> yeah, but like that's it's not even a streak. It's, it's just like, like yeah, they it's whatever. Just like yeah, yeah, it's fine. I guess like that's how they play. That's what they oh do. Yeah. Dude, the Blackhawks are on a five game win streak. That's surprising. I mean, how far out of the playoffs are they? Incredibly. Incredibly. They have 47 points. And for context, they have less than half of the points the Bruins have right now. Do you want a funny little Bruins stat? Yes. Um, perfect. There's an X out of the fucking tab. Disregarding wildcard spots, they're 24 points out of a playoff spot right now. Oh, uh, okay. Okay, never mind. No, it's not close. Um. what so the Bruins goal differential is plus 95 sure is (laughs) they have a 44 point lead over the second place team (laughs) in terms of goal differential lonely up here at the top that was another thing I was trying to explain to people because they're like, oh, I heard the Bruins are good this year. And then, like, it activated my flight or fight response. And I was like, you have no idea. Like, And I'm like, they're on pace to be the greatest team in National Hockey League history. And they're like, oh. No, I'm like, cool. Oh. I'm like, no, let me say that again. Like, 
no team has ever been this good or at least like there's been like one or two other ones that are kind of this good i mean dude they they could hit 100 points this week yeah they third at home yeah if they win against in edmonton and calgary and then beat the sabers on thursday that's 101 points yeah and it will have barely been march they're going about to get they're going to hit 100 points like the first few days of march Oh, what? what a wonderful time to be a Bruins oh, Canada. Fan. Our away um, records Marcy. better than most teams' home records. Marshy. Marshy. Marshy Marcy. hates the Vancouver Canucks. He really bro. does. My God, does Brad Marchand despise the Vancouver Canucks. And it's it's not even Vancouver. the laundry. You can't even say it's the laundry, dude. Maybe it's just the city. I mean, he's from Nova Scotia, right? Yes. 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 I think he's from Nova Scotia or Newfoundland. Those are the same place to me. They're right next to each other, and they start with ends. Is there an east-west rivalry in in Canada? We got to get a, a hab on here. We got to get one of those Canucks on here. I'd rather not. He was born in Halifax, Nova Scotia. There it is. So I wonder if the East Coast Canadians dislike West Coast Canadians. Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. Yeah, do they even see themselves as like fellow countrymen, or it's like no, 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 that those are they're out west. I feel like there's like a pretty large divide province to province in Canada, you know? I'd believe that. I don't know Canada that very that that well at all. Mm-hmm. But I would totally believe that. I forgot New Brunswick existed. I that don't was, think that's a real place. That's that's really the one. I saw a New Brunswick license plate the other day. I was like, what are you doing here? <laughs> Just terribly lost. I cut them off in traffic. I stopped. I got out of my car. <laughs> Who are um, you? <laughs> me and six of my closest friends gently pulled them out of the car oh i read about that on the news yeah that yeah. did not go well well not for him yeah but no brad marchand skating so he gets like flying up the right wing boards gets sprung and then that's that's such a, like I, we say this about so many different types of goals but another example like yeah that's a brad marchand goal that like just like cut in like you kind of it looks like he's going straight at the end boards and then just cuts mm. in and then shoots it across the grain and like wrong foots the goaltender, posting in like mwah, beautiful dude. That when shot he... is like uh, that shot's a little awkward, is it not? I don't it, know. It, it, it looks it awkward. looked like he didn't even favorite. get his best, like his best shot on it. Like if that's not his best shot, then holy shit! I'm like, telling you, dude. I I think like I'm trying to get like a slow mo of his release here. Yeah, he, yeah. No, he doesn't at all. It's all shoulders. It's all upper body. His his legs never turn. His legs are facing like almost the blue line, like they're angled like towards the the side boards, but a little away from the goal. It's all shoulders that he turns with, and whips cross body. That's a stupid shot. Like you shouldn't be able to get anything on that. And he got everything on it. It's just silly. I love it. He's when he even when the, when the puck goal. hit his stick, I stood up and was going, Brad, Brad, Brad. And then I started screaming when he scored. It's awesome that a guy who's what? What is he listed at? Is he listed 5'9? Five, 5'9. Nine? Five, nine. A guy who's five foot seven can go one on one. And like you with an NHL defenseman. And we're like, hey, there's a really good shot that he beats him. Oh, yeah, more often than not. I mean, it helps more when you're one of the best not. left wings in the world, but. Just what a gift. 
What a gift to all what a, of us. What a man. I what did think man. after after the first period ended 2-0 in shots, I think they were like 20 to 8. I did think like, okay, this is gonna be a yeah. blowout. Like you know who uh was playing pretty good defense against Brad Marchand? Who? Uh Wes McCauley. <laughs> yeah. Referee Wes McCauley. That's the one. Number four. He hit him. No, it wasn't even. <laughs> it wasn't even. He was in the way. He just hit him. Like he hit him. He, it was a good hit. Like he, he dropped him. He dropped him. Yeah, that was that was funny, and I'm sure it like sparked something in Brad because like it's a little embarrassing, and for it to happen in Vancouver is uh, Vancouver. He's like you're showing something. me up. This is my house, and Wes. First of all, love that it's Wes and not just someone. Oh, yeah. The but only Wes, like, skated over to the bench, and he kind of has a smile on his face. And you know he's saying, like, hey, I got you pretty good there. Like, yeah, watch out. And Brad was, like, really not laughing. Yeah, that's I was looking for that, too. It's like I was waiting for the like exchange, and Brad's, like, not thrilled about it. Like, it yeah. fully he took him out of a play. I, I told you this before, but, like, when that happened, it was like they showed the replay. Or, no, they showed him going up to the bench. I'm like, I think that's Wes McCauley. I asked my friend, I'm like, is number four Wes McCauley? He was like, I am not at a point where I know referees by their number. And I'm like, all right, yeah. that's that's fair. I don't think anybody really should. Yeah. yeah but might, they just he's some, the only ref I know but... other than Tim Peel. Like those are the two <laughs> I know. Oh, so funny. Because uh, I was looking for that. I was looking for Brad to to have just a little back and forth with him. And no, nope, not not in the mood. No, not today. Head, head, and we Brad recently talked about, I don't remember where it was, um, but he recently talked about his intensity on the ice, even with his own teammates and about how, like, you know, what we say out there stays out there. And like, we never hold anything personal against each other. He was like, you know, when, when we need something better, like the way I talk to Chucky or the way that I talk to pasta, like we don't, we don't hold it against each other, but like I get intense out there. And that's him talking to his own teammates. Yeah, the He's, full quote was great. He said that he that's the thing that he took from Chris Kelly. And the yeah. quote was, anything I say to you between 7 and 10 stays on the ice and on the bench. It's like, because like, they get at each other. Because they try to sure. push, push each other. And they're like, that's for us. Like, that's not for anybody else. Mm-hmm. And like, it, I'm sure it gets pretty heated. And they're like, that's not, we're not always mad, like that mad at each other off the ice. But that's just... When you're professional hockey players, like that's the level of intensity you need to be bringing, and that's with his own teammates. Yeah, and that's with yeah. that's with the guys he loves. And I don't know if you know this, Brad and uh, officials, not the same kind of relationship. No, really not. Uh, no. not pals. They don't have a long-standing friendship. So I I can imagine that Brad was probably just biting his tongue because he didn't want to say what he wanted to say. I would have loved a mic'd up Brad there. I want to mic up Hathaway. <laughs> Dude, dude's a little scary. Can we say that? Oh, yeah. We talked about that before. If you watch his interviews, he's got the thousand yard stare. He's got the shell shock look. He's got the wide eye, like, I'm staring into your soul. I'm like, oh my God. Like, it's like, no wonder this guy is, plays the way he does. He's got the look. You said it. Nailed. I'm, I'm going to steal it a little bit, but you said it. Dude, he looks like straight out of like a World War One photo. Yeah, just. Like a guy who has trench foot. <laughs> Let me see those feet. Like that's that's your great grandfather. It's like, oh my god, what did yeah. that guy see? 
No, he was just from Kennebunkport, Maine, and that's how they look <laughs> up there. What Maine will do to a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> how it feels to be, be from, from Kennebunkport, Maine. Maine. <laughs> gum. How it feels to be from Kennebunkport. Uh, <laughs> anyway, he's a little scary, <laughs> but I like him. Uh, dude, uh, so again, to bring, I want to talk about, like, I think it was surprising that Clifton got sad. Like, yeah, we thought it'd be it Grizz, but I think that f- not that he had a bad game, but relatively, I would say he had the worst game was uh, Derek Forbert. Oh, interesting. This, okay. I'm really nitpicking here. There's only like two instances. He did that, have that holding common. call like really early on. Yeah, which was like, was... yeah, I mean, he was holding his jersey. I thought they were calling it a trip, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. I was I was swearing. And people were like, why are you mad? I'm like, they're calling penalty against the Bruins, and they shouldn't, and they showed the replay. I'm like, eh, all right, maybe. All right. <laughs> um, but so towards the end of the game, there was like one point um, where one of the Canucks was coming up the left wing boards, and Orlov was doing a really good job of keeping them on the perimeter. Like, it was like actively pushing them into the boards. He had his hips open, so he had his right hand on the stick and like reaching out to where the puck was while keeping his body open just in case he needed to, like, turn and run. Mm-hmm. And the they got a pass off, and it went right in front to a Canuck that was all alone and got a really good shot off on Olmark. And I was like, where's the other defenseman? And then Taylor Hall was the next guy to show up, and then after him was Derek Forbert. So I, I missed why Forbert was out of the play. I don't really know why, mm-hmm. um, but that, that caught my eye. And then on Vancouver's goal... It was Orlov had made that one-handed poke check around one of the Canucks players and around the boards and hit it so hard that it, it went past a Bruin and went to a Canucks player who passed it in front and they scored. And again, in front, not fully covering his man was Derek Forward. Yeah, that one was weird. So that 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 second goal you're talking about is is a little strange because Forbert was backing up Orlov along the boards because so they they switch like really last second. Uh, because so Forbert had the left side and um, they're coming down. It was basically like a two on two that they ended up dumping and chasing. And Forbert or Orlov kind of last second. This this might actually be an example of this thing that I said I didn't notice before of, of you know, bringing a, a play style from another team and like bringing, um, you know, a, a different uh, defensive strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, because Orlov switches with him really, really last second, and Forbert kind of follows him into the corner, plays a little high, thinks that Orlov might turn and fire it back up that short side board, and instead he does that one-handed poke check, and I don't even know who that is. Um, who's coming back there? It's Bergy, who's who's not ready for it either. Who's like not coming all the way down to the to the end boards. Yeah, like the the post check was to essentially no one. Like it, like you said, you got Forbert kind of yeah. like on Orlov's heels, and Bergeron kind of like playing the open space, waiting for that pass to come to the open open ice. Yeah, so like he tries to make a play on it, but it's just out of his reach. But he has still two like, options. He, it's like Forbert's backing him up, and Bergey is sitting center, and instead he goes like the one place where nobody is, and it's in a split second moment. It's not like he made a dumb decision. I think he went off instinct, and it's just not. Not how they run things on the back check. No. And, and it's, so I don't blame Forbert for that at all. I mean, he he does hustle to the spot, to, to the slot when he sees that, like, he did leave a man open. But it's also the man that he was with along the boards. It's like the same guy that he's backing up behind Orlov. Yeah, so. it's it's uh, exactly. So it's like when he does, he's like right, he's like five feet from Orlov for most of this entire play. 
and he has number six on him. And he like you can see him like looking at number six is like this is my guy now. Mm-hmm. And but he gets like the cut in on into uh, the goal, and Orlov is like a couple steps behind him. So it's like if that was your guy, stay on him. Like if like you're gonna hang out on the right wing boards with Orlov when you're but you're playing man to man, like stay on your man. Um, which at but that point, I will I was, say, dude. From there, it was, it was that was the most unthreatening two to one game I've ever felt. No, oh no, yeah, yeah. After that, I was like, people were like, "Are you worried?" I'm like, "Not even a little bit." Mm-hmm. Like, because you know that, like, I'll they they wait wait till like they pull the goalie and then you get a good chance. Mm-hmm. Um, I I did not really feel worried at all. Uh, oh, real quick, do you know what Vancouver's goal song is? No. Don't you forget about me? Get out of here! Yeah, hundred no, yeah. joking. No, dude, if you have the video, play it. Like, hundred percent. That's their goal song. What? Yeah. It's Don't you forget about me? <laughs> I can't. I couldn't believe it either. Hey, 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 hey! You can hear it. Yeah. <laughs> Your face is what? Spoiled. Yeah, right. <laughs> Did the '80s just get to Canada? What are we doing here? They're really all the way over there. It took a bit. Did you hear about? Um, okay, well, we have to talk about this now. It's going to come up every three episodes. Did you hear about the Toronto goal song? About why it's the goal song? Oh God, no! Why? Because Paul Correa asked it to be. <laughs> it's during yeah, game five to, of the twenty nineteen Cup Finals. Paul Correa said the Toronto Leafs. <laughs> we're hitting all the. We're hitting them all. No, dude. It's just that. Um, they really Shanahan's like kids like the song. Oh my god! I was right. It's just because. Oh, that's worse. That's not mm-hmm. a reason to pick a goal song. Kids like shitty music all the time. That's not a shitty Austin song. Matthews a goal song. Here's a headline from Sports Illustrated, which is a site I really like. Austin Matthews in favor of changing up Maple Leafs goal song. <laughs> <laughs> Why? What's wrong with it? I wouldn't mind hearing something different. Maybe switching it up, change it up, switch it up. Maybe see if we can get something else going. The threshold for him bringing that up definitely means he fucking hates it. Like that that's not a like, oh no, I maybe uh, like you don't bring that up if you kind of are maybe on the fence about it. Like he hates uh, it. Oh my god, they suck at goal songs. Okay, Drunk. first of all, hit me. Wait. Wait. They had the zombie nation Minecraft four hundred for a bit. Excuse me. Kiss no. my ass. Not what a are you chance. doing? It's the same song Boston Bruins use at their home songs, and Leafs were likely scarred from using it again after how much they heard in Game 7 of the first round of playoff series with the Uh That is funny. Um, and then the next year, they switched to the Harlem Shake. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, 2010? Was that 2010? The one Somewhere year, around there. The one year that we were all listening to the Harlem Shake. I think it was actually a couple years later because this is after 13. Okay. This is 2014. That's way too late to be doing the Harlem Shake. Um, Do you know Best Day of My Life by American Authors? No, I only know that by Bright Eyes. Yeah, I thought that's... 
I thought that's what it <laughs> that would be. A, this is the I, best day of my life. <laughs> I think I was blind before I met you. <laughs> Just like drunk watching a <laughs> hockey game. Blasting really intimate indie music. Dude, like, they did Benny and the Jets. That's pretty good. I wouldn't hate on Benny and the Jets as a goal. Oh song. my god. But yeah, no, I heard it was just it was just that Shanahan's family like that his kids like it. No, not good. God, not good. that's so <laughs> funny. I can't get over how many times Austin said change it. Like the exact quote is like, <laughs> I wouldn't mind if they change it, switch it up, maybe try something new, switch it up, change it up, try something else. Not breaking eye contact with the camera, not blinking. I don't maybe know. change it. I don't know. I wouldn't I wouldn't hate it. It wouldn't make me upset if you changed it. I'd, I'd take a pay cut if you changed it. Like That's so weird. That I mean, is the Breakfast Club set in no. Vancouver? It's in Chicago, isn't it? All John Hughes movies are in Chicago. I was going to say, do you think that just because in Ferris Bueller, the guy's wearing a Red Wings jersey, which actually doesn't make any sense now that I say that out loud? <laughs> no, that's not why I was thinking. Was <laughs> oh, you <laughs> think it's in Chicago because he's wearing a Detroit jersey? Is that oh, it? Oh, shit. You're right. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So, first of all, so when Vancouver scored, I was bummed because I really felt the shutout was coming. And like, I feel like that's the one goalie stat that Linus is actually dragging in. Cause like, it is the one stat that he's dragging. In. And already, I think he has one or two. So it's not like he's not playing well. Uh, and he decided to say, Hey, you know what, Vancouver, you took away my shutout. So I'm going to do the most disrespectful thing a goalie could possibly fucking do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to score on your ass. I'm going to fucking label this UFO saucer pass, fucking split the net from 200 feet. Fuck you. I lost it. I want to drop in the the Jack audio here. Oh, it's so good. Connor Carlin off Besser's stick. Oh, Mark is going to try it. And he scores. Latest Olmark, the odds-on Vezinet Trophy winner, scores an empty net goal to seal this win. What a performance from Jack Edwards. So this is, you should put in the audio before this. So now I can say the Sportsnet call of this goal was terrible. It was was bad. Bad. Like the backup guy was more excited. He was like, and then he was like, goal. Besser tips. Oh, here we go. Homer for the empty net. He scores. Linus Homer, the Boston goalie, had time, had a lane. Oh, here we go is crazy. He scores. That is my best. He scores. That's it. How about. You get the stick out of your fucking ass. I understand it's you're in Vancouver. Yeah. And you don't really have too much going on there aside from the Canucks. So maybe it's hard to get a little amped up when they're getting scored on. I get it. But I consistently hear this with visiting broadcasts all of the time. Yeah. Jack yeah. Edwards will yell for your team, especially if it's a big moment. If if somebody scored a goal to goal against Boston, he would also lose his mind. Oh, yeah. And it never, it doesn't feel like he's rooting against the Bruins or something. He's just a hockey guy. Like, he's just, it's just exciting. Like, he's delivering a worthy call for a big moment. Yes. Unless that goalie goal, like, somehow, like, eliminated the bees from the playoffs or something. But Christ, even then, it would probably, even then, he would turn it into, like, this impassioned monologue somehow. 
It's just sad. And it's frustrating to see people rag on Jack so much. Yeah. Especially for him, like, being a homer. And then I watch other regional broadcasts, and no one lives up to Jack's enthusiasm for visiting teams. While also being a homer in their own right. Yeah. It's like... Like, every broadcaster's bias. We've covered this many times. Every single one. At least make it fun. It's, I mean, I thought that was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Like what, what bigger moment? I don't know to sit here and bitch. Like, why didn't you get more excited? I'm not, I'm not saying like, oh, you should have, you guys messed up. I just think it's, it's silly. One of my buddies texted me before the goal and was like, um, he just said like, cause I, again, I was behind cause I was watching it through Nesson and he just said, yeah. And I, you know, I don't know what that's, I assume I'm like, oh, is the game over? Did somebody did like I honestly I thought Hathaway or Orlov scored. Mm-hmm. So I like now my radar was up. I'm like, all right, what's gonna happen? And the moment that it gets to Olmark and he sets up, I, I stood up and I was I leaned forward, I was like, no fucking way. And it <laughs> don't, went in, don't. And, I, and like and again, the context of watching with people who don't know hockey did not understand. I'm like, this happens once every five to six years in the NHL. This the is last the goal was three years ago. This, and before that, it was 2012. Yeah, it was 13. 13. It was sorry, it was 13. Yeah. I remember so this, this is we were we were in college. Sec- that was what that was our freshman year. It was Mike Smith, and he fuck. It was with like 0. 0.2 seconds left on the clock, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the second goalie in 10 years. Yeah, who did this? Yeah, and that it's is- the first time in Bruins history that a goalie has scored uh, a regulation goal. Wait, no, that's not, somebody said Tiny Thompson did it, but I thought uh, people were saying this is the first time. No, that was the first one. Thompson goal. I thought it was weird Jack didn't say it because, like, I've that has been the conversation. The second that, like, Omar and Swayman were, like, starting to really go for it. Oh, yeah. Dude, Omar Shelley was so nice, too. It's just like, well, the best part is, like, you can see from the camera angle from behind the Vancouver net. As, mm. It's not even like it's barely starting to descend, and you can see a few of the guys like throwing their arms up. I think it's Carlos, the first one, who's like, "No, it's Bergeron. Bergeron's the one like arms up, like celebrating already, and it's not even on the on its way to the ground yeah. yet." And Olmark just like jumps up and down, and I think into Carlos' arms, like hands up. And then the goalie goal was fantastic. It was just Swayman, like there's no preamble. Swayman just sprinted at Olmark and jumped in his arms, like beautiful stuff now now here's the question yes does swayman try to score too oh dude, dude i don't even think that's a question they already there does he have does he does he oh does he I do it should have meant does he does he score is what i should have asked i mean he doesn't have a lot of games left i mean do you figure 24 ish games left oh swayman will probably get oh like 10 to 12 of them if he has the chance he can't i think he does but i it's then it's, just, it's like the opportunity is just rare. It's not even that the goalies don't try to do it. It's just how often is the puck get to them with enough space where there's no opposing player near them with no opposing player in their own zone. Mm-hmm. It's just not typical. I I would hope so. I think it'd be fucking awesome. Also loving the comments being like the goal, that goalie goal happening perfectly sums up both the Bruins season for them and Vancouver season. Like they're like, yeah, of course. Like that's gonna happen. That's where that would happen. That's exactly how that would go. This is just such a fucking omen to me. I'm like, yeah, this is the team of destiny. Like, are you kidding me? Like, it's like every game there's just like another sign from on high that like this is the the destined team. Like, 
Rob, if it's not, I don't know what the pain is going to be like. <laughs> I'm going to be unreachable for months. Like you, you're, I'm don't, I'm going to come out with a beard somehow, even though I can't really grow a beard. The, like the, the hope that I have for this team. It's so fucking high. If it doesn't happen, bro, I'm I'm going to be a shell for a bit. Honestly, and like mentally, I'm even past the first round, which is already a bad start. I know. Like, I know. no, I, I'm already thinking conference final. And again, we've covered this just like there's no wild card team that's who the fuck is going to beat this guy, this team without home ice. Nobody. 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 Thing. That's the thing. But will they? Probably not. I mean, just fast forward there. I just want to, I want to just, I want to be there because I just want this team as they're constructed right now to be there. You yes. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, well, don't, don't tire yourselves out, fellas. Don't, don't get hurt. Oh, God. I fucking love this goddamn team. 100%. Uh, so we're going to be back here um, in not too much time. Yeah, they, they got a back-to-back coming up. They play Monday, Tuesday. Yeah, so we'll probably be back here Wednesday. Yep. Uh, tickets are $20 if anybody is in Calgary. Well, I'm uh, covering the Edmonton game. That'll be a good one. That is going to be a good one. McDavid uh, has 48 goals. <laughs> He's obnoxious. He has less shots on goal than Pasternak, too. Wow. 12 less. Surprising. I mean, Pasta has, what, 41? McDavid has 113 points, and he's a plus nine. Oh, my God. How? What? Oh, my God. What? I, what? Oh, my God. I, what? Is he going to, wait, I'm sorry, 139 points. Is he going to have a 200-point season? 113. Okay. Oh, my God. I thought you said 139. (laughs) It's like, holy shit, is he going to have 200 points? No. Uh, he can hit 150. That's it's still, I mean, but a plus pasta for context, pasta has 79 points and is a plus 28. Yeah, that sounds, I weird. mean, that, again, that's a symptom of how well Boston's playing, but God, man, that sucks. Edmonton's not bad. They're like, they're four points out of the top of the Pacific, but they have 72 points. The Vegas is leading the Pacific with 76 points. And so 76 points will get you first in the Pacific and 76 points in the Atlantic would get you not into a wild card spot <laughs> or like barely in a wild card spot. Uh, you know what we should check up on as well is um, that wild card standing. Right oh, yeah. Now oh, yeah. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, so wild card. Who's who's so as of right card? now? Yeah, it's Islanders Penguins. Okay. Uh, the Islanders have played more games than any other of the uh, you know contending teams here. Um, the Senators, we talked about a little bit that they're technically kind of in this. Mm-hmm. I think they still are, bro. So they have three less games played than the Panthers, and they have four less points than the Panthers. So, so do, you, do you think it could be the Islanders to take? Is that the one spot or the two spot? Um, no, that, that, I'm just saying the senators are, are not out of this, this conversation. The Islander, the Islanders have the one spot right now, uh, with 67 points and 62 games played. Holy shit. Wow. 
But Pittsburgh could definitely lap them then. Pittsburgh's two points behind in four games. In hand. <laughs> yeah, 100%. So, and then Buffalo is one point behind them with another game in hand over, over Pittsburgh. Five games over the Islanders. I really think Buffalo's getting in. I would be pretty surprised if Buffalo doesn't. It really looks like they are. Dude, and the Red Wings are right on pace with them. That's surprising. I really wrote them off. The Red Wings are tied with the Panthers three games in hand. That is banana land. Yeah, it's gonna be this is worth keeping an eye on. Yeah, I mean, I I, I can't stop peeking at it. So I'm I'm looking at playoffstatus.com, which gives like percent likelihoods of like what teams are gonna hit what spot. Yeah. Bruins have a greater than 99% chance of winning the division, but not to, you know, fill you with too much more hope. Um, and then looking at the wild card spot, it's like pretty split through across a few teams. Right now, 18%, it's the Sabres leading. Mm-hmm. 17% for the Penguins. 5% for the Rangers. Mm-hmm. And 13% for the Red Wings. And then a few others like Panthers, Capitals. But like, it's not, there's like no obvious one. Toronto, uh, Tampa is like all but certain. Because between it's yeah. like it, it will change who gets the home ice between them, but like there's almost no scenario where it's not them playing each other in the first round. Yeah, yeah. I mean, nobody's gonna overtake Tampa. There's just such a gap. There's like a 10, 11 point gap. There's a ninety six percent chance the Leafs get the two or three spot, and a ninety eight percent chance that the Lightning get the two or three spot. Yeah. So that's over. That's that. Like, yeah. So, Tampa Bay, you have advanced to the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Congratulations. Yeah. What's crazy is like if you look at the likelihood of all those wildcard teams, likelihood of them not making the playoffs at all, it's all like fifty to eighty percent. Yeah, dude. It's couldn't be it, us. It's gonna be tight. It's gonna be tight. Couldn't be us. I love it. I love this team, bro. Um, just, just a quick look around the league here. Uh, Colorado also has a five-game win streak going on right now, hmm. uh, much like those those Blackhawks. Um, and checking in on our friends down in Missouri, they've lost five in a row. Oh, no. Five in a row. Hmm. I listened to that clip you talked about last episode. Oh, Craig Berube? Holy shit, what an asshole. Yeah, I can't well, you believe said it was he worse than a thought, like right? that. It was way worse than I thought. He's like, I'll tell you what the problem is. These guys aren't trying. They're not <laughs> playing with any passion. That's for sure. So th- there's there's your answer right there. That's what's going on. Uh, you just traded away the two best players, and we think- suck. And also, our coach is a jerk. So, yeah, I don't think I'm going to go out there and bust my ass to be the best ninth place team in the conference someone's got to take the spot they are so bad they really are i hate you jordan bennington i hope you're listening (laughs) he definitely is he better be he better be he said he would that son of a bitch oh he's actually dude his numbers are better than i thought he's a 914 no he doesn't no he doesn't he's like an 89 something He's an eight ninety six, dude. Edmonton, That's so I'm, stupid. The way I'm that looking, they have the way ESPN has their stats come up is so dumb. He has an eight ninety six and a, a three twenty seven. Oh my god, do you suck? Edmonton does not have great goaltending right now, do they? 
No, that's kind of their thing, dude. Their best goalie is Stuart Skinner. He has a 290 GAA and a 912 save percentage. 912 is fine. But the 290, that's rough. Yeah, let's let's look ahead at this Oilers game, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like honestly, obviously McDavid is like the one to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. But like when it comes to the Bruins, I'm like, all right, who's opposing them scoring five goals a game? Well, here's not, the thing, too. Not McDavid, McDavid just had a two-goal game. Yes. So, I don't know. In my mind, that means he's due. He's due for a, a slower game. You say that, but... But, but I also don't well, believe just, it at all. I mean, I know McDavid can do whatever McDavid wants, but like, I feel like this is not one of those teams that he can as easily just walk through, depending on who's on the ice. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see Orlov drop him again. Or Hathaway. Hathaway. Um, Stuart Skinner. Yes. Goaltender. Yes. Oilers. You seen yes. that mustache? I have not seen that mustache. You check out his mustache. He looks like a fireman. I respect that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, their, their goaltending sucks. Um, they are uh, 14, 11, and 5 at home are the Oilers. That's okay. Uh, they have... Uh, Evander Kane is currently out. Uh, the only other injury that they got is Kim uh, Clem Costin. And that is uh, not the most impactful of injuries. Nope. Yeah. Honestly, I feel good about this game and the Calgary game and probably the Buffalo game. I think the Buffalo game will be really good. I think uh, I, I think we see a playoff matchup. Is it, I think it's too early Against for like, the playoff. No, no, no. Buffalo. You're talking the Sabres? Oh, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. I think even it's still too early for anybody to be like, oh, okay, like ramp it up. This is going to be them. Um, I don't think we're really going to get that this year because it's just going to be down to the wire who we end up playing. Do you feel at all that like maybe the Flames game of these next three might be the one that, that catches the bees off guard? Yes, because it. I'm not putting any mental thought to it so i wonder if that is translating upwards to them as yeah well. i could see it be like a two to one loss like you gotta watch like... out for edmonton because of mcdavid and dry and nurse mm-hmm. and then buffalo is surging and tage thompson and they're took and they're a good team in calgary like, yeah calgary but luch though yeah, we'll face calgary in the middle there and whatever but then yeah. you find yourself inside the confines of the saddle dome saddle up <laughs> Why uh, is there a lot of cowboys in uh, Calgary? I don't know. I like to think so. <laughs> is there Canadian cowboys? Probably. Are there Canadian cowboys? This is where the show is at right now. Is we're Googling, are there cowboys in Canada? Bear air cow- with us. There's a cow man. Just, just the one. There's one cow man. He died in September <laughs> of 1905. John Ware was a Canadian cowboy who was influential in the early years of ranching in southern Alberta. He's dead. A folk legend. He's dead. All right. On that note. Yeah. All right. Let's get out of here, dude. Got, Always yeah, a pleasure, you, my friend. We'll catch you guys uh, after this mine. road trip. Yes, thanks you for will. hanging out with us. And as always, thanks for 
Bearing with me. I once got busy in a Burger King bathroom. 